Right, I can. Uh, you, are you going to jump in on this, or just will we do it to the sixty? Yeah, right. We'll just cut your your mic out here. Hold on. Right, is that cut your channel out, to Simon? Yep. Right. I want it crisper than a four barrel two five three. Yep. Okay. Got it. Yep. Can you hear that? Can you hear that? It's next doors. I want my superpower to be to be able to execute pointlessly barking dogs in the neighbourhood with a wiggle of my nose. Yeah, I know. Or maybe. You know, have Brussels sprouts appear in the screeching throats of kids in shopping centres. What's up with that? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, I'm just a grumpy old man, I guess. So I come home from work the other day and come in my front door and here's the whole awkward scene in front of me, man. is like, G'day, Benny. He's got this poor girl on Winston's treadmill, of all things, and he's like, Oh, um, Red, can you call Giselle a taxi? I'm like, Giselle, you're a taxi. <laughs> the whole scene just gets weirder. She's kind of trying to get dressed or whatever. And I'm like, turn the treadmill off. It's Winston's treadmill. Turn the treadmill off. So she bursts out crying and leaves or whatever. And I'm like, Benny's run after or whatever. And I'm like, what's the hell's the go? <laughs> what's the go with all the bananas, man? So he runs off after and I'm like cleaning up the bananas or whatever. And I always thought the apple was the forbidden fruit. It's like in my mind, I'm playing out like a scene from... Pulp Fiction or something, me trying to, at gunpoint, convince Benny, you know, as I walk thee through the valley of shadows, you will be forbidden fruit with apples, not bananas, anyway, so, um, I think she was a V8 Supergirls promo girl or something, anyway, that's beside the point, so, um, want to record this then, Simon, just, can you take, give me a bit more on my channel, yep, right there, gotcha, three, two, one, go. Simo and Redman are the Thong Slappers. They're two blokes making lots of noise but getting nowhere fast. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Thong Slappers, Australia's first dedicated streetcar and Australiana podcast. We're going to do a To The 60, part of our short story podcast. This will be Australiana, we're going to talk about a few things Australian, Australiana with the Thong Slappers twist. So the first one's going to be a bit of a history of Magnetic Island. It's obviously in close to Townsville. I managed to catch up yesterday with Tony Collard, who is a, who is a thong slapper's skipper, actual skipper. I mean, he owns a boat, a ship, and I had a big seafood feed. Thanks to him very much. Thanks for that, Tony. And my stomach is a bit upset. My stomach is pretty strong normally. It's been described as stronger than the lie detector in Parliament House, but uh, my stomach's been running hotter than Lynch's talking bird this morning, so... Let us see how we go with that anyway. I'm sure Simon wants to do some innuendos about semen and everything. but <laughs> So here we go. This is Magnetic Island. As I look out to sea, I ponder how come Townsville has got the silliest named island in her bay, Magnetic Island. I muse they must have held a naming contest to the public and with the loser getting to name this beautiful island. So many perfect names managed to miss Magnetic Island. Summer Island... Paradise Island, Sun Island, Key North Island, anything would have been better than the tribute to a dyslexic navigator. The story of the naming is well known to us locals, but I will tell it for the people not familiar with it. In the early years of Australia's history, a co-op of Adelaide growers wanted to find the island they believe existed south of Bass Strait. 
as local legend told of moist, fertile soil that will be perfect for growing Adelaide Hill's finest insanity chilies. They put out a tender for seafaring explorers to find the island in modern-day Tasmania. The Growers Co-op offered £200 and some cash to any explorers that could chart the southern island and navigate a course through Bass Strait. Rowley Bunger was the navigator chosen for the task. A big crowd gathered to watch Rowley's ship, the Leaf and Tip, leave the harbour. It was a cold, overcast evening with a heavy fog engulfing the captain's cabin. 212 days later, after Rowley left Adelaide, he weighed anchor in what is, what is now named Nellie Bay Magnetic Island. The crew rejoiced until it became apparent it was not Tasmania. When finally Rowley made it over to Townsville, he visited the local councillors and convinced them it was a matter of scientific polarity application that had falsified the bearings on his compass. And to celebrate this northern Bermuda triangulation, he should name this island Magnetic Island. He also gifted the councillors with a bale of Adelaide's finest insanity chilies. That is the reason why Townsville Council makes so many wonderful cockeyed decisions. Written by Redmond. The second bit of Australiana from the Thong Slappers is the, the history of Ned Kelly. Also, there's been a, a few discrepancies. I'd just like to clear it up Thong Slapper style. I feel the latest discovery of Bushranger Ned Kelly's remains, the time has come for the truth to be told. I have come into some information that I must share. Ask any school kid to quote Ned Kelly's last words, and such is life will be the reply. It seems a pretty lame quote for an outlaw, social outcast, hero and bushranger, and does not suit the passion and energy this fellow had. That is because they are in fact not his last words. This is the story of Ned's true last words. During Ned's last week in Melbourne jail, his tormentor and jailer, Redmond Barry, went to the condemned men's cell to gloat and enjoy his victory. The two combatants had a variety of conversations in which they both vowed the other would wander the levels of all hell and purgatory for eternity and beyond. During the visits, Ned often seemed to control the argument and cause Redmond to storm out of the cell. The day of execution, Kelly ordered his final meal, breakfast, a bowl of curried wombat and a whole jug of creamy milk, by far the strangest last meal ever requested. Upon the arrival of his meal, the bushranger placed the milk upon the sunny windowsill. He woofed down the wombat curry and down the warm, semi-curdled milk. The priest arrived and asked the condemned fellow to accompany him to the gallows. The pair arrived at the noose. The jailer, Redmond Barry, almost unable to hide his glee, awaited them. He spoke soft, cowardly words to Ned. Ned's handcuffs were removed and the noose was placed around his neck. Redmond asked Kelly his final words. Instead, Kelly pointed his index finger at Barry and requested, Please pull my finger. Redmond, somewhat confused yet wishing to grant the condemned his final wish, gently tugged upon Ned's finger. At the exact same time, Kelly exhausted a long, loud and truly excellent wombatish, off-milkish fart. The soldiers on gallow duties immediately and uncontrollably poured out laughter until they were reduced to rolling around on the floor, clutching their sore stomach muscles. Even the priest struggled to hide his mirth behind his handkerchief. With his final mortal act, Ned Kelly invented the fart joke. Ned met his maker with a smile on his face. Later that week, while cleaning out Kelly's former cell, a prisoner found the following graffiti written by Kelly's hand himself. Ned Kelly was well hung. Written by Redmond. 
Well, there you go. There's some uh, information on Ed Kelly I'm sure you were unaware of. I did happen to totally make that up myself, but that's the best kind of history here at Thong Slappers. To wrap up our Australiana podcast, I thought I'd actually tell you some truth. Here's some, some reading that I thought if you guys like to read or maybe catch up on some audio books, here's some classic Australian literature that I thought if you're driving around, you guys do a lot of driving or maybe just like to listen to some audio books or read, you could catch up on. Here's three pillow stones or cornerstones of Australian classic history, Australian classic literature that you could catch up on. The first one is A Fortunate Life, published in 1981 by Albert Facey. It's about life in WA. It sold one million copies. Uh, Albert Facey was born in 1891, one of seven children. It's a really great book. I first read it when I was about 15. And I try and write, read it maybe every five or ten years. It's absolutely outstanding book. The second one is We of the Never Never. It was published in 1908. Uh, written by Jeannie Gunn. It's about uh, life in a cattle station in Mataranka, Northern Territory, really nice part of the world. It sold a million copies as well. It's a great book, really worth a read. Kings in Grass Castles by Mary Jurak is the third one. It's written in 1958. It's about pastoral life in tropical north Australia. Really worth reading all three of them books in one kind of go or together. If you can get hold of them books, it's probably really worth reading. And it's the trilogy of Australian life and the classics. One last thing I'd like to do to wrap up our podcast course is mention Brett Abraham, Car 35, New South Wales Variety Bash. This EH has raised over, uh, raised about half a million dollars for New South Wales children that really need our help. It's a really good thing to do with a street car, I reckon. It's a great looking car. Brett does a lot of work and good on you, Brett. Also, my niece Belinda has joined uh, the Cancer Council Mystery Box Rally. And her team's called Four Balls Short. It's a 2023 rally. If you guys can jump on and find her and see if we can support her. She's doing some really good things, again, for some people that need our help. Also, a shout-out to Alex Orbus. He's now come on board as our Thong Slappers WA correspondent. Uh, one last thing. I've got to find it. Here he is. Just give a mention while we're doing some Australiana stuff. We've got a mutt, a mate of ours, Danny Dave. Uh, he's got a really cool YouTube channel that I'm enjoying. It's called Bloke in a Troopie. It's just some really simple stuff. Dave travels around Australia a lot for his work. And it's a bit of an anti-venom. It's to the... Uh, a strange little connection is Richard Wright. Richie Wright. Sir Richard Wright, I beg your pardon, is our English correspondent and Englishman. He sent me a link to Denny Day's YouTube channel. I couldn't believe it. Them two guys are both mutts. They're both follow us here at the Thong Slappers, and I said to Rich, I can't believe we actually, we know Danny Dave, so bloke in a troopy, some really good stuff, it's a bit of an anti-venom to, I guess, TikTok, you know, or to the guys with their twin cab four-wheel drives with all the, you know, elite level shopping that just tend to drive around in circles, you know, the ARB mega shop guys that play Soggy Sayo with their, you know, BCF loyalty cars and film everything with their colour-coded fucking... I don't know, GoPros or whatever. Denny Dave, does, to my taste, does some really interesting stuff. Jump onto his stuff at uh, Bloke in a Troopy and you might find some stuff that you really like. Uh, that's enough for me. Hope you enjoyed our Australiana podcast, particularly to see if you can check out them three bits of Australian classic literature. That's enough for us. So, <laughs> Simo, if you spray me once more with that water pistol... Thank you, Gary Johnson, very much for sending Simon that water pistol. It's a really great thing that you've 
done through gritted teeth, I say this. <laughs> okay, over and out. Uh, take care. Thank you. Good night. Do I sound like Tony Barber? Thank you. Keep smiling and bye for now. <laughs>